below the surface. People up there, they get me nervous. All right, it's time for another Root Issues podcast. Thanks so much for joining in for this midweek jolt. I'm in the booth today with Alyssa and Super Dave. Hello. So you might hear Super Dave a little bit in the background, but he is just a joy to have with us. We got Mr. Steve. Hello. And Lauren. Hey. And Alexa. Hi. All right, so we're all here. We're jumping in. We're still in Living in Christ with a heavenly places perspective. Okay, so that's the series we're on. This title today is going to be Developing a Heavenly Place is Perspective. And so we're going to be jumping into Ephesians 1, 3, and 4. We're going to be jumping into those two verses as we're just going through this verse by verse. And today it is a intense conversation around identity, around how do you see the world, how do you see yourself in the world, and do you crave holiness? Do you crave to become more like Christ? And so we're just going to jump in. And so I'm just going to hit it out there with this. Um, Ephesians 1, 3, and 4. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Now, when Steve jumped in on this, he started out with like, when he calls us saints, why do we pull back? So let's jump in on that because that's going to start us off in our identity. Just real quick run around. Like, do you see yourself as a saint? Anyone jump in? <laughs> oh, wow. No, I have no saints here. I well, see I was myself just as a saint. If that was rhetorical or no, or, no. Do you see yourself as a saint? I mean, that's a title. Yeah. I think that was something that. It's something that I'm still processing through, but I started learning about this idea in college that every time in the New Testament that believers are referred to, they're referred to as saints, not sinners. Um, and it's, it's, we've talked about this before, but it speaks so much more to who we are because of God telling us who we are than our behavior. And so it's not about, I have sinned today, so I'm a sinner, but it's, I actually accept the identity that God has bestowed upon me. And so if he says that I'm a holy one, then I must be a holy one. So Yeah. Okay. That's a great jump right. in. And I was going to say, I feel like a saint when people tell me I'm a saint. Like yeah. when I bring a meal or like yeah. people see me in the grocery store with all the kids and they're like, oh, you're a saint. For, yeah. You know. Totally. Or I'll grab somebody's, you know, the door for someone and they'll be like, oh, thank you. You're a saint. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. I mean, it is. It's a title, yeah. you know. So I love that, that God yeah. is bestowing that on yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, I grew up in the, like a pretty Catholic tradition. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, Catholicism, Catholicism, sorry. Like saints are like, you know, people that worked and did good works. Yeah. And so for me, like in college, it was like kind of figuring out like, okay, like I am a saint not because of my works, but because I've been given that title by God. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, what, what do you, what do you got, Mr. Woodrow? Yeah, I, I, boy, it is a, a great question, isn't it? And part of it is uh, we haven't been taught that, right? Yeah. We haven't settled into, like the whole book of Ephesians, the first part is he's just pumping us with who we are, what mm-hmm. God has done for us, the blessings we have in him. And we quickly want to jump to the part that I think, uh, um, which Alexa or Lauren said, that 
you know, that this is what we do, right, yeah. rather than what I am. Yeah. And, and we're uncomfortable with saying we're saints because we don't want to come across as prideful. Like, yeah. well, I can't say I'm a yeah. saint. But we have to check ourselves because if that's the case, that's what God calls us. Well, yeah, no, And totally. he saves us to that. So yeah. if I shy back from that, then what does that say? Mm-hmm. Right? It, it, sa- it says something about my confidence. Yeah. It says a lot about my confidence in really stepping into who God says I am, right? yeah. in, a, in a being. Now, the, the, right, the, the words, two things. One, it's who yeah. God makes us, how he sees me. But now because of that, there's a responsibility to, in Hebrews 12 says, to strive for holiness. Mm-hmm. So there's a striving responsibility on our part to be holy and blameless yeah. before God. But I, it, the problem comes when we, right, do that— <laughs> Without the foundation of who we yeah. are, right? No. And so that's Well, that's I mean, yeah, it gets into, like, you know, the whole American mindset, this whole Western mindset of, like, I am what I do. And so if I am doing it being holy, then I am holy, not that I am already holy mm-hmm. and that I don't need to strive for holiness. But we do need to strive for holiness because we still have choices. And, I mean, I love what you were talking about, like, just the concept of, like, who am I? You know, am I seen as a saint? Am I known as a saint? Do I see myself as a saint or do I see myself today as a sinner because I've sinned? You know, and so, I mean, your first slide was just, it it just pounded me. It said, are we thinking and living with a heavenly places perspective where heavenly realities determine earthly, earthly realities? And so that kind of sets the stage, like, you know, what determines what we experience? Is it our heavenly perspective and our our occupation there and our identity that God has called us? Or is it what we are seeing physically happen here? And so it is. It's like this, this spirituality that we have to look at. And so which comes first, you know, the heavenly reality or the earthly reality? And how does that shape what we experience each day? Yeah, I think the yeah. verse you just read it, right? So yeah. before the foundation of the world, mm-hmm. he chose us in yeah. him to be holy. So that's a heavenly reality. Before any creation was even done, yeah. who we are in him was, was already determined, was specially, and we, we can get into that another time, but the bottom line <laughs> yeah. is that's hap- something's happening in the heavenly realm always mm-hmm. before it happens in the earthly realm. We are blind to that when we are lost and in darkness and born into this world. Yeah. When the Spirit of God comes in, it opens our eyes right to this the heavenly reality. Now, key practically right in discipleship how do i grow in that in the things of the spirit so that i mm-hmm. live more from a right a heavenly places perspective and this is exactly what paul's trying to do with this book in ephesians yeah. right is to open the eyes of the church to realize who we are and to live from that realm and through the holy spirit to actually be empowered right yeah. with the authority we have in him from this place that we're put right to bring that into situations so i wanted to world. ask yeah. especially like you girls when did you realize you had the authority? Have you always known that? Or or do you realize that? Or is that something you're still working on? You go first. <laughs> yeah, I would say, I mean, you'll hear a lot of, you'll hear a lot of me talking about my college days. They're, they've been very formative. Okay. I'm still, I'm still going through the journey, of course, but I would say it's in college when God really opened my eyes to the idea of the heavenly places, mm-hmm. the heavenly realm, and I like to call it the heavenly reality. Yeah. And I think there's a heavenly reality and there's an earthly reality, and I have to recognize that my earthly reality, like my experiences, aren't always in line with the reality of heaven and the kingdom of God. And so sometimes when I'm praying, I'm like, I need to command my 
earthly reality, whether it's my soul or my body, to come into alignment with the kingdom of God. Um, And just recognizing that I like to think of it like the heavenly reality is eternal. Mm -hmm. And so it always was, and it is, and it will be um, to the end of the ages, you know. But Mm -hmm. um, that's like happening whether or not I'm aware of it. And so recognizing that the heavenly reality is a more true reality than my earthly reality that I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when my, my circumstances don't line up with what I know to be true in the kingdom of heaven, that's when I can like see that gap and take the gap in intercession, if yeah. that makes sense. Like I can stand there mm-hmm. and I can rest in the promises of God and basically yeah. say, like, God, you said this and I'm experiencing this, but I know what you say is true. And I think that's kind of the authority piece is like, I only have it because God gave it to me and because he already said it. And it's, I think of it less like it's mine and more of like what my father said. So like, it has to be true. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, Let's, let me drill in on it because I think that was really, really good as far as the practical thing we're talking about. Um, Because Ephesians 6, right, Paul says stand. Right. He said, yeah. now when you've done everything, stand stand in that gap and do exactly, I think it's exactly what you described personally, I think exactly what Paul's saying for us to do. So apply that to other things. Like when we're struggling, we're speaking of holiness, yeah. when we're tempted, when we're, you know, struggling with um, whatever, a fight of depression or something, how does that maybe, you know, apply what you just said to practically with somebody, how do they stand Right and shift from this earthly reality that wants to bind me up and keep me here in depression or in whatever you know, uh, rather than God's lifting, wanting to lift us up, and set us free. Well, I feel, oh, go, go I've experienced it. that, and I think mm-hmm. through people praying with me, the language was huge, mm-hmm. like how they were helping me realize the spiritual battle going on. The you know that there were forces other than the real what I could see or understand on earth at work and then just the confidence they had in praying for god's will to be done through certain situations yeah um and that was really new for me i did not learn that in college or really growing up i mean i understood about angels and things like that but i don't think i understood spiritual warfare until we were in like a community or a life group with other couples here at crossroads when john was a baby and they were some of the people in our group were struggling with some really tough things in their marriage and so you know we had enough maturity in the group to call those things out for those people. And so being involved in that was like really eye opening. Wow. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I so mean, cool. yeah. It, yeah, it was awesome. I think what you're saying about community is so important. Like, it is so essential that we, one, learn from someone how to do this, mm-hmm. which is why mm-hmm. discipleship is so important. It's yeah. so important that we teach people. But also, it's like, they were encouraging you and other people mm-hmm. in your life group with the truth of God. So for mm-hmm. me, this is, this is, I'm tapping Lauren's Bible. <laughs> this is my weapon. Like, yeah. like I have to know what God says about me yes. or someone else in order to declare the truth and yeah. to pray the truth and to yeah. continually ask him. Like with the, um, the, the prayers that, like unceasing, I'm thinking of a certain verse and I just can't remember it. But it's it's the idea that we pray and we keep on praying yeah. and we don't stop praying until we see it. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, you know, when I think about it, it's kind of like you know everything relates to food. 
<clears throat> where are you eating? You know, like, you know, are you eating more like junk food? So then therefore you crave junk food. Are you eating healthy food? So therefore you crave more healthy food. Like, where are you living in your perception of how do you see things around you? Well, like your worldview, like, are you looking at it more from a heavenly perspective of like, okay, this is what God has said about me. This is eternity. Like when I stay in those places, when I make sure like I read God's word every day for me, not for a lesson for middle school or anything else. But when I read it for me, like, what am I hearing God say back to me? That is the perspective of where I need to live. I mean, I can see anything on the news. And I mean, in today's culture, you know, with the deep fake, like, you can see anything and it may not even be true, you know. And so it's like, what are you going to believe? And so it does, it kind of settles in on like, where do you get your focus? You know, is it CNN? Is it Fox? Is it God's word? Is it a heavenly place or is it an earthly reality? And so I choose to just try to always live in the, the, I'm always hopeful. Like there's hope always, like no matter what the situation, because what's going on in that heavenly place is going to impact this place. It's going to impact my heart first. And then that causes me to want to pursue, be close, draw near and seek holiness in my life. That's good. Lauren, did you have something back on the question about practical? When you make that stand, like yeah. Alexa was talking about, what, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I think with like going back to like where we were talking about like depression and anxiety and stuff. And it's like when you're not feeling the heavenly reality, like how do you go about it? And it's like, I think it's truly like knowing our identity as like saints and knowing who we are. And it's like, there's some days I used to, yeah, when I struggle with like depression, anxiety, like there's some days I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed and I don't feel this, but like God's called me to, you know, disciple the nations or like do something. And so it's like, okay, God, like I can either sit here or I can, you know, partner with you and believe that you'll give me the strength and Mm -hmm. joy that I need to get throughout my day. And so then I'll do it. And it's like, there's some days that are just like kind of sucky and like, you know, sometimes you need to get help and you need to go get You know, like seek help, like don't just isolate yourself. And I think that's part of our authority is knowing that we have the authority to go get community, get prayer and to like have something over us. Yeah, it's good. It's real good. So, I mean, as we continue on, we're going to be kind of like jumping down. Let's talk about holiness and like what is the pursuit of holiness? I mean, I think all of us can say, you know, that we've had a time. Steve shared some awesome testimony on Sunday of just like his college days and when he was like, you know, just trying to manage things by himself and thinking that he had it under control, you know, but like, you know, when we think about holiness, I do feel like, like, man, that is so not taught. It's not advertised. It's not promoted. It's not, you know, a desire of a young believer's heart. You know, and just working with high school kids and working with high school boys, it's like so easy just to kind of start the conversation with, you know, all right, hey, everybody, how's it going? Great, you know. All right, so when was the last time you looked at porn? You know, and the heads go down because it is such a vibrant struggle that's in their life, you know, and then it's like trying to incorporate into them like, you know, we're not talking about sin management here. We're not talking about like, you know, were you good or were you bad? But we're talking about like, what do you crave? And are you craving holiness from God? You know, and so like when I talked to Samuel about porn and, you know, and his desire for purity, it's like, you know, do you desire God? Do you want to see, you know, more of God in your life, more impact in your friends' lives, you know, and are you pursuing holiness versus the things of this world? And so it's a reality shift of like, which reality do you want to pursue? 
So where are we at with holiness? I'll, I'll jump in there just, yeah. you know, sharing for me the big turn, you know, out of college was uh, that Matthew 5, 8, right? That, that, that evening and that discipleship just boom. It was like God entered, you know, blessed are the pure in heart for they yeah. shall see God. Do you, do you, and, and just that, do you want to see God mm-hmm. or do you want to yeah. continue playing around with your impurity? And um, I, I think this is where I think we, we've, we go sideways with the practical how to do because mm-hmm. when somebody is let's just take porn when you, you know somebody's addicted or just struggling with breaking that off they just want like just tell me today just tell me what to do tell me what to do right <laughs> give me the pill or yeah. give me the steps or whatever it is right the band-aid whatever uh, but you know it's interesting <clears throat> is that you know you can read the entire new testament it never gives a to-do list yeah jesus when he taught he never Gave it. To, he never gave a practical go do this. Yeah, because Jesus realized is, which I think we need to realize is until the heart, the motive is addressed at that level. Yeah, you're not going to get to the to do is yeah. just not going to ever get breakthrough. Yeah, right. So for unholiness, I have to first deal with huh, what do you want? Yeah, do you want to see God mm-hmm. inside your very soul? Let's drill down. And how do I foster and really wrestle with honestly with my soul? Do I want to be holy? And why or why not? Yeah. And then go after that. If that's not settled, you can add all the practical things in the world. You'll never get freedom. Yeah. Or you'll get freedom for a little while and then you'll stumble again because stumble you haven't again. replaced that craving for whatever it is unhealthy with a greater affection for Christ, yeah. right? So I have to remain. And all of Jesus' parables, all of his teaching, all he did, he didn't Mm. give anybody a practical, hey, do this, right? He he gave, of course, to-dos, right, and obey the law. But his point was he wanted to awaken people's hearts. Who's Mm. thirsty, right? Is anybody hungry? Anybody thirsty? Yeah. He's looking for a heart response. And we, as very practical, very, you know, programmatic, sin management, all this stuff. We just want, just tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I know in my own walk with God, I have, Lord, just tell me what to do. I'll do it. Yeah. Rather than that laboring in his presence to hear his voice mm-hmm. and get my heart right with him. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I think that totally makes sense. And we're a to-do nation. Like, you know, what do you got to do today? You know, we've got our to-do list. We've got our task and everything. And so it just seems totally simple that it becomes part of our identity. You know, and I mean, I can struggle in that, like, you know, what makes a good day, you know, once upon a time, you know, what makes a good day was how much I got done, you know, and then I'm trying to move to like, you know, what makes a good day is like, you know, how much did I experience God? How much did I experience his peace and such? But I mean, I can talk about like, you know, just my journey from, you know, you know, you know, controlling every situation and being in control of every situation, you know, maybe like with violence and hostility. Yeah, and then like realizing like okay i've got to let this war mentality leave me to experience god's peace and so that's me choosing like i want to be more holy instead of just like you know rage monster you know and so you know and it's just been this transition of like that's who i was that's how i experienced life but now i'm experiencing life in the heavenly places of just understanding god's peace and having peace and understanding like I don't need to become Rage Monster to determine what outcome I'm going to see in a, in a moment. I can trust in God to bring that outcome to me through his plan and his purpose. And so, yeah. And so that's been a journey for me, like, you know, because, you know, it was always like spite to might and, you know, just take hostility and anger and use that as positive fuel to motivate and drive me. 
you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think for me it goes back to Chris what you were saying about what are you eating? Yeah. <laughs> like I think I also like to think about it like what are you looking at? Mm-hmm. Um It's good. There's, I think it's Matthew seven, but it just says, like if if the eye the eye is a lamp to the yeah. entire body, and so if my eyes are looking at Jesus, and He is light, then my whole body will be filled with light. And I just think it's kind of like instead of the sin mitigation yeah. and the did you do this or you didn't, are you good or bad this week or this day, or um, the other side of it, which is what was it called, Steve, the self. Self-management. Self-management of like, I just want to do what makes me feel good. I want to be free of this sin because I will feel a lot better if I do. Um, We we do need to go back to that central question of why do we want to be holy? And Mm -hmm. why are we commanded to be holy? And actually, Scripture says that we are set apart for that purpose, to be holy, um, for the purposes of God. And so I think it is getting to that root, but then also... Like, we get to choose what we fill our minds with, what we fill our souls with. And I think if we're eating scripture and we're um, looking at Jesus, we're going to spend a lot more time thinking about him instead of thinking about our sin or ourselves, you know. And I think that's actually what brings about real change. Oftentimes, it's not the white knuckling trying to get through the day, but it's actually like, oh, I spent so much time loving on God today and asking him, how could I bless him today? Um, Whether it's just spending time with him or if he has an obedience step for me, then I forgot about, I forgot that I was struggling with that today, you know, so... No, I like that. I, I think like that. I've noticed being present is huge. Like just mm-hmm. putting our phones down, you know, like when we get home at the end of the day and just like being more in the moment yeah. with what's happening around us. Same when I'm like sitting somewhere, like at my physical therapy appointment before this, I had to wait for a while before my therapist came and got me. And it was like all people in their, you know, 60s and 70s. Yeah. None of them were on their phones. I was like, noticed I was the only one looking at my phone. And they're all like talking with each other. Yeah. One guy had the newspaper. So I just put my phone away. And then immediately when I like lifted my head, made eye contact with someone, yeah. conversation. How old is your baby? You know, blah, blah, blah. Tell yeah. me about your kids. Blah. And it was, I felt so much better. Mm-hmm. Like it was a really like positive, nice interaction rather than just I could have like answered emails or scrolled or yeah you know no I mean you know but I mean you 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 bring up that point of just like how much are we distracted yeah and not in the presence and I mean if you're not in the presence of the present that you're in how can you even expect to be in the heavenly presence Mm -hmm. you know because you're distracted by what's in front of us Mm -hmm. and so it is I mean I think that's like one of the biggest things is like if you are only focused on what's in front of you there will be no heavenly perspective right it's like um open the eyes of my heart yeah like great song and it was really good when i just looked around and you know yeah Mm -hmm. let me throw this idea out just at at the end of the the thing i didn't get much time to obviously break this down too much but The idea of the heavenly places perspective, you know, when we battle our sin, the sin management or self-management, it keeps it on the earthly level. My resources are just what I can do right here Mm -hmm. that's offered by the world and or Christianized somehow. But, you know, Paul says we battle not with flesh and blood, right? We're in a spiritual battle. Chapter 4, he says that don't let the sun go down to your anger, something Mm -hmm. pretty minor, or you'll give Mm -hmm. the devil a stronghold in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to realize that my battle with my flesh, my emotions— 
There is also an enemy who is out there raging to put me in bondage, to kill, steal, and destroy. I cannot harness the psychological, whatever, the worldly solutions to heal spiritual problems, Mm -hmm. especially if I give room to the devil and demons who want to oppress. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't want to go there. But that's the the reality of, of living in this heavenly places. Like, yeah. My battle actually is very spiritual, and there are enemies, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to get victory or deliverance, I need to step into that realm, right? Yeah. And the gifts and the blessings that the Spirit of God gives me to battle, right? I have to learn a whole new way of, of battling mm-hmm. something. And, uh, and sadly, so many of the things that we even embrace in the church actually work to build up a person's self. Yes. And it works against their spiritual development of dependence on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that to any warning, any counseling, any psychology, anything that you go to, right, that is not making you more dependent on the Spirit. Yeah. And, and actually causing you to deny yourself is actually going to work against your development. You might feel better, you might make some progress, but you will not make spiritual progress. That is the earth going to bring you down to the earth. And that's a big, big issue today. Very sensitive, right, for a lot of people. But we have to wake up to, we're in a a war, and we have to to engage it with the the weapons of righteousness and Mm -hmm. the armor that God has given us. So thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I I got like like real life application it's a physical i mean in 2009 2010 i was running marathons and then i got plantar fasciitis in my right foot in my right heel and it was just crippling you know and it continued on after the marathons i mean i ran with them with the marathons with it you know but it was like i had a great friend he was like dude we're going to provide treatment for you and so they would do laser treatment they would do scar treatment and everything and you know i would drive away from those appointments giggling because I didn't know pain, you know, but it never lasted. And then it was like, God just showed up and he says like, if anybody asked to pray for your foot, you let them and you take your shoe off and you tell them to put their hands on there, you know? And so, I mean, it was like all the time, like, you know, somebody was like doing something in the sanctuary and they're like, Hey, why are you limping? I've got, I got a plan. Let me pray for that. You know? And so, you know, I would immediately like, yes, pray for it. You know, you know, taking the shoe off. And and so it was God was like teaching me this dependency, like it has to be on him. Like all of the medicine and all the doctors and all their great treatments never brought healing to it, you know. And it was just so crippling. And then there was one Sunday night at Elements and then, you know, one of the you know, prayer people said, Hey, you know, I feel like God's healing stuff tonight, you know, and Elaine pushed me out of my chair. I was on the end of the row, like, you better go up and get prayed. And so, you know, Yvette Tricato prayed for it. Then she said, do something you couldn't do before. And so I slammed my heel into the corner of the stage, and there was no pain. And it, But it was a progression. It was me transferring from, okay, everything that this clinic is going to do is going to bring healing. But I've got to just trust in God for that. And so it was, it was shifting the realities. And, dude, like, it was a breaking thing for me because I wasn't one who wanted like people to pray for me. I wasn't one who wanted people to try to help me, you know, because I've always been a bootstrap guy. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. Sorry. Dave's sleeping on me. So I have to like sit up a bit. So this is something Beth and I really struggle with. She's also a mom. We have three kids, same age, quiet time. There's like a lot of spiritual warfare around these two things our quiet time our time in the word our time with god and bible study trying to get to bible study 
and be in community with other women. It seems like every Bible study is Wednesday morning. Every Tuesday, someone's kid gets sick. Yeah. And it's like, how hard do you battle to be at those things without it becoming like idolizing, especially with the quiet time for me, I will start to get like really frustrated and angry at my kids when they're interrupting me. And I'm trying to, you know, finish my, whatever I was reading, especially when I'm doing it in the morning and it's like going from quiet to the day starting and they come down and it's just like a bomb's dropped. And it's like, great. Well, that's done. Like how, uh, suggestions <laughs> is that real like how much do we push against it and how much do we remember our kids are our top priority and we need to be christ to them without you know making them be like oh mom's are in your bible so you can't home us now you know like i don't want them to see that as a bad thing that i'm doing i don't want them yeah. to see coming to church for bible study as a bad thing like we're making them go do it when they're having like a fit to get in the car like how much of it is the devil working I wish Michelle's here. She could answer that one. Um, yeah. Okay. I know. I'm like looking at the girl, yeah. the yeah. two girls. They're, they're like, like, ah. they're looking at they're you. Like, yeah. what? We have what? quiet time all yeah. afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. We just had this moment at, yeah. at the house, yeah. you know, where we just, I mean, I mean, when you think about it, like it, it is like a spiritual battle, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it is, I mean, I mean, I think, yeah, like, you know, when I think about like Elaine, you know, just in the, place that she's at now with all older kids and then the fact that she can get up every morning and be undisturbed she's able to lead a bible study be involved in bible studies and it is a sacred space but i do remember the time before where you know i would have to like take the kids away let her prepare do those types of things just to assist her but you know in the sense there was like probably a time where we just had to like you know hey you know the kids aren't an interruption. How do you see that as this? And then, you know, how do we find that time for you? And so there was some practicality of just finding the time. But then there was also some, like, I can't see my kids as an interruption, even though it feels like they're an interruption. It's you know? a, There's no question. Yeah. Childbearing, you know, raising children is a, is a season of sacrifice. Yeah. Know, serious sacrifice. Well, and, and you could apply this to, to, like, any spiritual warfare. Sure. Like, you uh, don't want to over blanket it, you right. know, but right. h- how do you discern right. what is and what is And not? I think this is, too, where husband and wife can really... Mm-hmm. sit down and talk about, hey, how are you doing? And can I give you some space you yeah. know, or some time? Because um, it is a season of all hands on deck. And so yeah. husband and wife just have to link arms because I think it is a time, at least I know from Michelle and I, it was the toughest time in our marriage um, where really selfishness comes out, you know, the mm-hmm. whole thing. So, boy, it's a time where you have to really lock arms, yeah. you know, and yeah. pray for each other. And, and, and how can I help, you know, get mm-hmm. that space in that time? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think using the church community too. I oh, have to remember yeah, I can rely on others to like. Absolutely. Yeah, we had a rough morning. Can one of you take these ones in while mm-hmm. I talk to this one before we go into church absolutely. so that they're bright and good before? It's they... good. But yeah, but I mean, I think anything that draws us to holiness, anything that draws us to God, when we see an eruption, when we see combativeness, that yeah, you can probably identify that as a spiritual battle. Like something that's trying to keep you from finding that peace. Well, we want to encourage you to seek that peace and seek holiness. We thank you for listening to this midweek jolt, Root Issues. We hope you are blessed. If you ever want to reach out and talk to us or shoot us an email, just reach out at rootissues at ccasman.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. 
Be blessed. I need to get below the surface. People up there, they get me nervous.